Welcome to Sideline Sleuths, a true crime podcast all about the tragic yet fascinating cases no one can seem to get enough of. I'm Megan. And I'm Jasmine. We're so glad you're listening. If you like being an armchair detective, you'll love being a Sideline Sleuth. So today we're going to talk about the 2019 murders in Anaqua Springs, which is an affluent subdivision in a suburb of San Antonio, Texas. So pretty much my entire camera roll on my phone is screenshots of news articles or Facebook posts about various missing persons or murders, and I've had today's case saved in my camera roll for a while now. It's the double or maybe even triple murder of Nicole Olson and her daughters Alexa and London who were found dead inside their million-dollar mansion in Bourne, Texas, a suburb of San Antonio. That's how you say it, right? Bourne is like B-O-E-R. You never know in Texas. Texas is, yeah. Willfully pronounce things wrong. (laughs) If it's not, I'll edit this later to make it sound better. All three of them had been shot to death. So here's what we know. Nicole, a 37-year-old hairstylist, was living in this mansion in a bougie, gated subdivision called Anaqua Springs with her 31-year-old boyfriend, Charles Wheeler, who I think went by Charlie. And sometimes that sounds weird to call a grown man Charlie, but I'd do it a little bit. I interchange them in this. I guess I don't know any adult Charlies. Yeah. Okay. So... In addition to being a hairstylist, she co-owned a jewelry and watch business with two friends. Charles owned some sort of business in the oil industry. It was actually his house that the couple lived in together with Nicole's daughters, Alexa, 16, and London, 10. On the evening of January 9th, 2019, Nicole and Charles reportedly had an argument, and he left to go spend the night with a family member in another town. The next morning, he returned to the home and found Nicole and both of her daughters dead. What? The medical examiner ruled Alexa and London's deaths to be homicides, but Nicole's to be a suicide. However, Nicole's family isn't buying it. Before we really dive into the case, I want to tell you a little bit about the victims. And I'm going to include Nicole here as a victim, despite the official ruling being that this is a murder-suicide with Nicole as the alleged shooter. And none of the stuff I tell you about Nicole in this like little section here is to excuse or explain why she may have or may not have killed her daughters. These are just facts about her life. Originally from California, Nicole was born in May of 1981. Her birthday is actually this week, if she hadn't died last year. And she had three children, Skylar, Alexa, and London. Her son, Skylar, is in his 20s, and he was not living with his mom and sisters at the time of their deaths. Nicole had been married twice, and when she met Charles, she had recently ended a long-term relationship. Nicole has been described as coming from a totally different world than Charles did. Her father died from a drug overdose when she was seven, and she lost her mother, who was an alcoholic, when she was 20 to heart disease. After her mother's death, she became a parent figure to her younger brother, Justin, who was only 13. Nicole dropped out of high school after she became a mother herself at 15 in 1996, but she later earned her GED, and I think it was 2006 when she got her cosmetology license. She married Skylar's dad when she was 16, but they divorced a year later. 
In 2001, she married Alexa's dad, and they divorced in 2006. She was engaged to London's dad, but the two never married. In 2014, she was arrested for misdemeanor assault after she slapped her boyfriend in an argument, but those charges were later dropped. Nicole was described as being a, quote, vivacious mother of three who was energetic, hardworking, and strong. Friends say she attracted people with her good looks, and then they quickly discovered her beauty on the inside, end quote. They said she radiated positive energy, and she was absolutely stunning, and she was gorgeous, yeah, like, so pretty. Her cousin said that she, quote, transcended her hard knocks upbringing and that she was, quote, the epitome of class, grace, elegance, beauty, and love. Um, Which are, I want someone to say that about me, yeah, but... I'll just take one of those yeah, adjectives. Thank yeah, you. yeah, I would, I would never get any, I would never get all of that. I could just get one. So, I don't even know which one, but give me one. So, other people close to her said that she worked hard as a hairstylist and stayed really busy, but left work every day at 2.30 to make sure she could pick her girls up from school. So she was definitely, like, dedicated. Yeah, she's, like, responsible, yeah. hardworking, but, yeah. Alexa, Nicole's older daughter, was a cheerleader, and she volunteered at her church in the nursery. Her dad described her as being a really awesome, caring, giving person. Alexa wanted to attend Texas A&M, and she hoped to be an obstetrician one day. Ten-year-old London's dad, Hector, described her as being vibrant, kind, and well-liked, who loved monkeys, singing, painting, and theater. Cute. But all of their lives were tragically cut short. And why? And by who? The Bear County Medical Examiner ruled the daughter's deaths as homicides and Nicole's as a suicide. But was it really? The sheriff, Javier Salazar, said, quote, I'm just not satisfied yet that we're ready to close that book. I'm just not ready to say that Nicole murdered those little girls. I'm just not, end quote. And we talked about this in the death of Ellen Greenberg, the teacher who was found dead in her Philadelphia yeah, like apartment. Yeah, the medical examiner said yeah. he's not ready, so why wouldn't it be undetermined? So, no, well, the medical examiner said suicide. The sheriff is saying... Oh, he's not ready. And, so. like, normally we would say, the, in Ellen's case, we're like, who are you, cops? Like, the police don't get to decide that. It's the medical examiner. They're a doctor. And... The sheriff here is saying, like, his gut feeling is that it's... There's something it's, more sinister going it's on. It's not a double murder and a suicide. He thinks it's a triple murder. Mm-hmm. And he's... Well, as soon as you started telling me a story, I thought the timeline was fishy. Yeah, yeah I so. think it's inconvenient. Yeah. But for whatever reason, the sheriff doesn't think Nicole killed those girls or isn't positive. And yeah. that's... And you would want to be. That's saying something to me. That the cop is like, I don't know. And... That a cop is questioning it, considering some of the other facts about people's lives. Because we see a lot of, like, police cover-ups or corruption when somebody has connections or is, like, affluent. And this is, like, the opposite. So. No other suspects have been identified other than Nicole as being the shooter. But Nicole's boyfriend, Charles Wheeler, has been labeled as a person of interest. So let's talk about him a little bit. Charles was raised in Fredericksburg, Texas, and he and Nicole met in 2016. Charles saw her on Instagram, thought she was gorgeous, she was, and he sent her a DM. The next thing everybody knew, they were a couple, and to outsiders, they looked picture perfect, happy, in love. Nicole's friend and business partner, Vanessa, 
described Charles when she met him as being, quote, courteous, respectful, and self-assured. She said that he pursued Nicole and was very interested in her. His friends described him as a good guy who would go out of his way for anybody, that he was rooted in his Christian faith and grew up in a church setting with a good family. He came from a wealthy background, but he had his own money too. He was 31 at the time that his girlfriend and her daughters were murdered. But in his younger years, he competed professionally in the rodeo for three years, and he had some money from that. His father also had a history in that industry. And Charles started his own business at a young age, a security gate company that he sold when he was 24. And then he started an oil field services business. So he had he some things going for him. Yeah, he doer. was. Yeah, they will seem to be doers. In 2017, he bought the mansion that he lived in with Nicole and the girls. After a year of dating, that's when she moved out of her apartment and into his home. Yeah, like if your boyfriend has a mansion. Yeah, why would you live in an apartment? Yeah. It was huge, at about 4,500 square feet. Oh, wow. And it sat on nearly three acres. I think it was like 2.7 or something. There were five bedrooms and four and a half bathrooms and a wine cellar. It also had 24-hour... You're like, wine cellar. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's from Fredericksburg. Oh, that makes sense. He's a wine boy. If you're not from Texas, like, the vineyard winery stuff is in Fredericksburg. So, it also had a 24-hour video surveillance and a security guard monitoring the entrance of the neighborhood. What? So, financially, he He was was doing doing well. well for himself. But before that, in 2008, he was arrested for public intoxication. And in 2009, he was arrested for driving under the influence. But that charge was later dismissed. Okay, so he drinks. He likes yeah. the, He has a whole wine cellar. Yeah. It's hard to mm, you know, yeah, limit yourself. I get it. <laughs> he was arrested in 2013 for, I don't even really know what the charge would have been because nothing was ever filed. But he was drunk and loud and causing a scene in a bar after they refused to continue serving him. He was arrested to, quote-unquote, detoxify, but nothing formal ever came from that instance. He owned a Maserati and a Range Rover, and he racked up a good amount of speeding tickets, which I can believe. Yeah. Young guy in a Maserati. Exactly. With lots of money. Early like, 30s. Yeah. He's, he's living it up, I guess. Bear County Sheriff Javier Salazar said of Charles, quote, At this point, we're not ready to clear anybody or anything. At this point, we're not ready to clear anybody of anything. Until we are done following every possible lead, we're not willing to shut the door on this case just yet. The sheriff went on to say that Charles has been cooperative throughout the investigation, but they may need to talk to him again at some point. Alexa's family asked Charlie and his family to not attend the funeral services. Dang. But later they seemed to hold some type of feelings about the Wheelers never reaching out to offer condolences. You can't have it both ways. Okay, I totally said exactly that. (laughs) A quote from Alexa's father in a News for San Antonio article said, We never got any phone calls, never got any flowers, no one ever reached out to us, and at that point, it just kind of seemed more like, what is it you're trying to avoid? Why are you trying to stay away so much? End quote. And that's not fair. Well, I mean, sometimes there's like one member of a family that feels really strongly about it, and then like the message doesn't trickle down to everyone else. So if that's like Alexa's father... Maybe he wasn't, like, instrumental in being, like, don't come to this funeral. But then he's like, but hey, that's why don't you Yeah, why don't you... I don't know. But you can't ask him to stay away and then be mad when he stays away. Or question, uh, like, what distance he stays away. Like, 
You can't oh tell him to stay away and then be like, but like, come a little closer. Like that. Yeah, but like, but you didn't even try to come close after. Yeah, told yeah. Me. Like, I, I don't, I would have done, if, if someone told me not to come to a funeral, I'm pretty sure I'm not saying anything else to y'all. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would feel some kind of Yeah. Way. Charlie's mom, Cynthia, said that her son is grieving and he can't even really do that because he feels like there's a target on his back. I want to tell you a little bit about what the friends and family of Nicole and Charlie say about their relationship. But first, I want to talk to you about the morning that the girls were found in the crime scene. On the morning of January 10th, Charles came home and found Nicole and her daughters. All three of the bodies were found together in the upstairs hallway a few feet away from each other. Blood was everywhere. He called 911 and told the dispatcher there had been a suicide at his home. When, yeah, not, not yeah, like there's murder. murder. He just said suicide, like right up, the, like immediately. Weird. It wasn't like, oh my god, they're dead. I came home yeah, and my blood everywhere. Yeah, it was just like there's been a suicide. Yeah, I feel like we've done enough phone call. Yeah, like, analysis. Yeah, phone call yeah. Analysis be like, like you hmm. want you want them to know that first. That's yeah. sketchy. And how did you just decide it was a suicide? Like I yeah. think you would, even if it clearly was, like somebody hung. I think you'd just be like, they're dead. Yeah. Is that hanging? I would freak yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mostly I would just be sobbing. Yeah, so anyway, he tells them that there's been a suicide. Okay. And when police arrived, they found Charles Wheeler crying in the front yard, but the report specifically noted that, according to them, there were no visible tears. So oh. it's more like audibly crying. Crocodile tears. Yeah. Like, that is maybe like wailing. Bizarre. Yeah. But there's no manual on how you handle this, and some people process differently but they specifically wrote that in the report that day that he wasn't crying real tears wow or visible tears i mean sometimes cops just get a knack for like just Mm -hmm. just evaluating the vibes yeah nicole oh wait all the bodies were cold and rigid a gun was found close to nicole's body and she and her older daughter alexa both died from a single gunshot to the head but london the 10-year-old, was shot twice, once in the head and another time in the neck. But there was no suicide note. And the cops found that to be weird. Like, not everybody leaves a note, but maybe, like, girls do or something usually. So they were like, but they seemed, like, really, like, mm, no note. Like, that mattered a whole lot. Like, I watched a ton of interviews, and they were all like, there's no note. Yeah, I, well, to me, I feel like it's... It stands out that there's not a note because he identified it as a suicide right off the Facts. bat. Okay. So they're like, oh, so you stumbled on the scene. And you just assumed it was a suicide. You, why? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, that, you can't tell it was gunshot remote. residue or anything on their hands. Yeah. And like, she wasn't holding the gun. It was near her. So yeah, like, how yeah. did you just say suicide? Yeah. If the if I'm guessing the medical examiner had a little bit of a hard time. Yes. Who are yeah. you, sir? Well, You're a rodeo king. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. He just said suicide. Yeah, and the cops are like not convinced, but... Rodeo dude is convinced. I don't know. Yeah. In a moment of, like, what should be, like... Hysteria. Yes. Yes. So, Charles told police that he left the home around 10 the night before after he and Nicole had an argument, and he spent the night at a relative's house. A lot of people suspicious of Charles think that that's really convenient. Yeah. So, you have a five-bedroom mansion on a whole bunch of land. You get in a fight with your old lady who's not even your wife, and you leave to go, like, you know, this is like the proverbial doghouse. Yeah. You gotta go stay somewhere else. I'm just gonna stay down in the... Well, I'm sure you have at least one on the couch, in there. Yeah. Some, something. A guest room, something. Yeah. 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 
I didn't even think about like how ma- like she go to another wing. She wouldn't even go to the east wing. Like <laughs> I'll show you pictures of this house later. Like Is I it could massive? I could move into it, and the people who live there would have like never known that they had a stowaway. Oh, like, parasite. Yeah, okay. I could totally do it. So their relationship had obvious challenges, but. Were they enough to make Nicole either end her life and the lives of her daughters, or were they enough to make Charlie do it? According to a San Antonio Express news article, another friend of Nicole's, Monica Patel, we called a lot of red flags in Nicole's relationship with Charles, too. She said the couple celebrated their anniversary in Galveston one year, and after a fight, Charlie left Like, he left Galveston, left her stranded there at the hotel, and took her cell phone with him. So just, like, screwed her. And then... It gets pretty volatile. Yeah. Monica said that she never met Charles, but that Nicole told her they had a lot of fights. And fights don't necessarily mean that either one is capable of murder, but it's not picture perfect. Like, it looked. Like, it looked on Instagram or whatever. Before leaving Monica's after... He left her in Galveston. She told her friend that she was done and that she would leave him, but she didn't. Vanessa said, that's the girl who, like, met him earlier, and, you know, she was like, he was really, like, polite and sweet, and he really, like, chased her. Mm -hmm. Vanessa said that she only went to the couple's home in Anaqua Springs one time, and that she was so uncomfortable, she never wanted to go again. What? Vanessa, say more. Charlie was really controlling, she said. And that Nicole was treated like a guest in the home. Yeah, that even even that one comment, I'm like, okay, so she's a guest in the home, but you yeah. were so upset. And yeah. you guys had a fight, so you left. Yeah, but she's a guest. Like, what? I'm like, not letting a guest No, in my I'm going to be like, like if, I'm, if, we're, if like, me and a guest are arguing, you're going to leave guest? Yeah, if me and a guest are arguing, I'm going to relish the opportunity to kick them out. Yeah, so, <laughs> I don't know. But she said that, she even, like, mentioned it to Nicole, like, he treats you like a guest. Nicole's like, well, this is his house. So, she, yeah, so I am a guest. Yeah, I am a guest, but... Girl, no, y'all. Yeah, even though she originally said he was, like, respectful awesome. or whatever, she would later say that he was, at best, emotionally abusive and controlling, but probably physically abusive, too. And wow. she recalled one specific instance where Nicole had a bruise near her eye, and when she questioned her about it, she just said that the two had a fight, but wouldn't elaborate <gasps> further. So. I don't you hate that? I think that's like a big thing that is like under discussed. Like yeah. when people are really really nice to you at first, yeah. and then they like they just switch it up on you. Well, that's how they get you. you. They like yeah. love bomb you at first, and like I would say the majority of abusive relationships start are like that way. They start out like really great. Like the honeymoon phase is like extraordinary yeah and then it changed they can't like switch it up right away because then you're never going to fall for that crap you have to be like invested and somebody who's like making millions of dollars is going to love bomb you in a like even more yeah like extra and she's a single mom she has three kids like she had a very hard life she's she's going to be in a situation where she's like becomes financially dependent on him yeah at least that's what i think and he's probably counting on it yeah i think that is a part of manipulation that is very real that Same Express News article has a statement from Charlie's mom that said, quote, I just know that Charlie could never do anything like that. I just know. Because he loved those girls and he loved Nicole. Did they have problems? Absolutely. Who doesn't? That doesn't mean you go out there and you shoot yourself and you shoot your girls, end quote. She said that their fights were just typical fights of any relationship. But 
if you got a black eye, that's not a typical fight. If but you get left in Galveston, that's, that's not, not a typical fight. fight. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's not physical, you left her stranded in a whole other city. And you took her phone. Yeah. Not a typical fight. Like the Bear County Sheriff, friends and family of Nicole aren't willing to accept the medical examiner's ruling. They say, "quote I will never believe that it was a suicide, and I will never believe that she killed her children." End quote. Vanessa the girl from earlier, said that Nicole was strong and she protected those girls with her life. Alexa's father and Nicole's ex-husband said, quote, there's no way she could have done this, no matter what she was going through, no matter what she was facing, end quote. But Charles' family and friends say that he loved Nicole and he loved her daughters and that it's impossible for him to have done anything to hurt them. Wow, so people are just on two polar opposite ends of the... So is this a double murder and a suicide? Did... Nicole Olson murder her daughters before turning the gun on herself, as the Bear County Medical Examiner concluded? Or is Charlie Wheeler in some way responsible? Or is it a whole other person entirely? Right. I am bothered by the fact that they didn't, like, you know, yeah. like say, okay, well, we're investigating this as like a rob. Like, nothing anything. was anything taken. Like, did they follow yeah. that? Like, they just like suicide. Trail. And like, there's got to be a reason. The person's a doctor. There's got to be a reason that they said like the angle of the wound or like gunshot residue or something. But like, they haven't released it. And I'll tell you that part in a second. But a lot of people close to Nicole think that Charlie's behavior since the deaths is suspicious. And Bear County Sheriff Javier Salazar said, quote, I think anybody associated with Nicole and these little girls is considered a person of interest, end quote. Because he's just like, I think he's just like, it could be anybody because he just can't believe it was her. Yeah. And like, it's so I understand, random. yeah. I got in a fight with my boyfriend. Let me now kill I'm my so daughter and my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Charles has never publicly spoken about the deaths of Nicole, Alexa, and London, but he does have three criminal defense attorneys working for him, and they've said that he maintains his innocence. The sheriff doesn't want people to think that Charlie's silence or his public distance from the death is a sign of guilt. He said, quote... Three attorneys seems like overkill. Yeah, but I mean, you got, you got money. I don't know, but it's a little waste. But anyway, he, he said, quote, I think it's no secret that the family of this young man, they've got some wealth, they've got a lot at stake, so I can't blame them or infer any guilt based upon their actions, end quote. But surely after all this time, they would have been able to verify his alibi on the night of the shootings, right? Like, it's been, like, almost a year and a half. So, he, like, yeah, he wasn't there. So, he's not the trigger man. But couldn't someone else be? Right. You said he lives in, like, a gated community. So, like, they need to see his car exiting. And, like, they need to see, like, I don't know. He probably went to go stay with family, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could lie for him. But But why does it have to be Nicole? Like, what do they know or not know that's keeping this case open. Yeah. Like, there's got to be something. So You said it had security. I'm sure his actual house had security. It did. It said, like, because... With surveillance. Yeah. Tw- it said 24-hour surveillance. Like, I don't know. So, Unless that wasn't, like, suspiciously cut. Yeah, or something. Yeah. So this is a good time to talk about theories. And the way I see it, there are three. One, Nicole murdered Alexa in London before shooting herself. Two... Charlie murdered Nicole and her daughters, or had them murdered. Three, someone independent from the pair murdered the girls, and it is just a total coincidence that Charlie and Nicole had a fight that night, and he decided to sleep elsewhere. So here's what the sheriff said. I don't have any direct evidence that would refute the medical examiner's initial ruling. By that same token, we don't have all the evidence back from the FBI yet. End quote. So 
he has no scientific reason to think she didn't kill herself and her daughters. It's just a gut feeling, I guess. So that means they have to have something that makes them think she did kill her daughters. Because the medical examiner... Ha- yeah. So he can't refute it. He just, like, it's a feeling. Yeah. I mean, like, maybe she had gunshot residue in her hand. Maybe, yeah. like, the rigor mortis, like, what's the thing called when, like, you... When you commit suicide and you you shoot, but yeah. your your hand stays like locks yeah. in yeah, place yeah. around the gun. But the gun was by her, not in her hand. You're right. So even that in and of itself yeah. doesn't mean like it's holy mm-hmm. suicide. Yeah. I also this part bothers me. She shot the youngest one twice. Twice. I just can't see a mom shooting them twice. I can't even. Yeah, yeah, the baby right. one. Yeah, the baby one for sure. The sheriff's office declined to release Charlie's nine one one calls or information about other calls to law enforcement that were made from the home in the past. Say what? And that's all they ever said about that. That's so cryptic. Yeah, and I was like, what else happened? Yeah. So the medical examiner's office also declined to make the full autopsy report and toxicology reports public after the sheriff's office said that it could hinder or interfere with the investigation and any eventual prosecution. So, like, we don't know what she found that made her say suicide. Or him. I don't know. Why did I just assume it was a girl? But look at me. That's really progressive. I just assume. And that's good. So... I, yes, we don't know why she thinks that. All we know is the medical examiner thinks suicide, and the sheriff thinks not suicide. But the sheriff's also like, mm, I don't know why I think not suicide. I just think not suicide. Wow. This is really interesting. I'd love to know what they know. Yeah. I'm like, Well, one day I hope we do. But Yeah. This happened in 2007? No, 2019. So January oh, 2019. Very... So this is like super recent, yeah. Okay, okay. So, so there's time. Yeah. And I have no idea what I think happened, but I find it hard to believe that a mother who worked so hard to overcome so much in her own life would then end it and the life of her two children over a fight with her boyfriend. Like, I mean, she survived worse at this point. Her dad died when she was seven of a drug overdose. Her mom died when she was 20 and who was an alcoholic. She had, like, heart disease. She's been married and divorced two times. She was a mom at 15. She got a GED. She's like, got two successful businesses. Yeah, like... like it might have been nice to be in this relationship with But she man, didn't need him. But she an independent woman who don't need no like man. Like, you're, you've already, she, right before Charlie, she ended a, like, a long-term long serious relationship. relationship. So she so has, strong like, enough. she has, like, came and left and, like, rose again. Like, she, I just she can't. doing some, like, resurrection yeah. Jesus stuff. Right? I just cannot imagine Charlie and her fighting and her being like, you know what, this is so bad. Let's just, just let me off. just shoot the little girls and myself. End it all for myself and my And kids. the girls. Like, yeah, I just can't imagine it. Like, she seemed like such a, a badass. Because we decided that's not a cuss word anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think you're right. So, I just, yeah, that to me that doesn't make any sense. But Charlie clearly has an alibi. And I'm sure they can come up with a time of death and decide how long after it was that Charlie said he left the home, allegedly. And, like, try to put that all together. And they also got ten search warrants in connection to the case. What? Including cell phone records and, like, everything about it. Like, incoming calls, outgoing calls, text messages, location pings, like, everything they got search warrants for. And... The documents that they filed to get those search warrants clearly indicated that they were doing that because they believed it was a triple murder and not a murder-suicide. So they, like, they got these search warrants on his stuff. Well, his name was redacted from the paper, but it said the homeowner, and we know it was him. So, like, they were on Charlie's stuff. But, like, they clearly... led to, like, them understanding why she might have committed suicide. Yeah, yeah. But they clearly were looking at him with a suspicious eye when they did that. Even though he's not a suspect, he's a person of interest, but... yeah. I don't know. I mean, so you tell me things about Charlie. I don't, like, I know, we know so little. Yeah. Like, just, it's all speculation, but I also feel like, I don't know. I mean, he's just, like, he's just the most 
suspicious character. Yeah, he's in like the, in the narrative in, this, so far. in the narrative. Yeah, well, he's like the only. You usually look at the spouse, the partner, and like there's nobody. There's like nobody else to even look at. Like yeah. it could be anybody. But it's a secure community who's coming in and out yeah, that you so, don't have an eye on. It's been it's been nearly a year and a half, and I just feel like at this point they would have been able to debunk some of the stuff he said already with mm-hmm. science. But so okay, theory but, three. But the you know the the what do you call it? The gears of justice are slow. Yeah. We'll see. I like that. Yeah. I would say so. let's just say it's an outsider. Theory three. The neighborhood is gated and it has a security officer present. It's not like a enter a code and go in. The neighborhood's website refers to it as being guarded and gated. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a record of someone else coming into the neighborhood that night, right? Like not just a record of Charlie leaving, but somebody else coming in would have had to stop at the guard shack. Like I know this family who lives in Irving in a, in Hackberry Creek, which is like super bougie, nice. gated neighborhood, and they have a security guard. And I'm on their automatic entrance list to visit this family, and they still take my ID and do something with it every, every single, single time, time I go there. So they have a record of me going there. So if somebody came in who was a visitor, they didn't have like a like they couldn't just enter like lift the little bar thing. They had to stop at the shack. They would know that. I'm out here. I think I just have had too much time reading murder mysteries and watching true crime this break. Or break. I'm calling it a break. Quarantine. Quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, break. I'm like, what if the security guard did? Well, what if it's a neighbor who could have already got in? Right. Like, Yeah, they had a reason to be there. But or who neighbor who saw Charlie leave, maybe. And they were like, this is the opportunity. opportunity. Or maybe they hate Charlie. Maybe they frame. I don't know. It could be anything. It, it could, could be, be anything. anything. But furthermore, the house has its own security system because, like, who has a million dollar house without that security system? Secure it. I have I have surveillance cameras and security system in my house. So like, Charlie does too. So, and what does that? What does it show him leaving? Does it show somebody else coming? Is there sound? Are there interior cameras or are there only exterior cameras? Where's that footage? Is there no footage randomly? Like, they're just. I need to know some stuff that they're not telling us. Like, I just want to write a sternly worded email. And then, yeah, right. Like, Re- release the footage. And then Bear County purchased a BERLA, B-E-R-L-A, I don't know if it's an acronym, but mm, BERLA, which is something that investigators can use to access your car's infotainment system. Have you heard the word infotainment before? No. Okay, so I didn't either. I thought it was cool. You remember in the Jalea Davis case, we talked about how cars have black boxes like airplanes, yeah. and they store a lot of data. But Jalea's didn't because her car was, like, super old. And, like, current, like, fancy luxury cars would definitely have it. Probably, like, a Range Rover or a Maserati. (laughs) They would probably have that. So an infotainment system is, like, something that's – things that are stored in your stereo and your GPS and, like, everything else in there. And they can use it to, like, act – like, they can, like, I don't know, extract information from your car about its usage or operation during that time. And they bought it specifically, this county bought it specifically for the Anaqua Springs murders. So they had to think that there was something they could get from it. Yes. The sheriff's quote was, it's your stereo, it's your GPS, it's all of your tracking information. It's the brain, so to speak, of your car. And I don't know how much it costs, but like, they bought it just to look yeah, at Charlie's car. a lot of murders that happened in that area. Yeah. But yeah, have it on deck. Yeah, and they bought it to look at Charlie's car, so they got they have to yeah. something. I, I their feel spidey like sense is going on. They're searching, and I'm sure they have stuff. But he's got three lawyers who yeah. know what they're doing. Yeah, also I'd true. I'd love to hear more. I'm gonna keep. Yeah, you just keep track googling of this. it. Yeah, Anaqua yeah. Springs. So we know that the sheriff's office is skeptical about the idea that it's a double murder and a suicide. 
And almost immediately after this happened, they reached out to the FBI for support. On his behalf, one of, one of Charlie's attorneys said that they welcomed the involvement of the FBI because their help could do nothing except prove that Charlie is not involved in the deaths of Nicole and her daughters. Even if... Well, that yeah. lawyer sounds good. Yeah, if you have nothing to hide, you would be like, sure, bring in the FBI because they've got the big guns and the money and the resources to extra clear me, you know? Like, I know. But even if you don't necessarily think your client is innocent you need to that say would that would be a smart thing they to say, say yeah so it just doesn't make sense in my mind that nicole is the shooter and it doesn't make sense to me that somebody totally from the outside came into the home and killed them either but it doesn't make sense to me that charlie would have hired someone to come in and do it because that would have had to be so pre-planned yeah like so much further in advance not just like spur of the moment we had a fight now go over there and kill her type thing like they had to have talked about it before if charlie orchestrated a hit on nicole because the girls were there, and they also died. And it's been reported that the girls spent Monday through Thursday with Nicole and Charlie, and that on the weekends they went with their fathers. But they were killed on a Wednesday night. They were found on a Thursday morning. So if the plan was to kill Nicole, they would have waited just like an extra day and spared yeah. the girls. So was it like already set up to kill them, and then they had this fight, and Charlie's just like, F it, like go do it now? But like neighborhood security would have, or home security would have caught something unless... Neighborhood security would have caught something unless it's a neighbor. And home security would have caught literally anybody, even Charlie coming and going. Yeah. So, really, the only plausible thing to me is either that Nicole killed the girls and herself, or Charlie killed the, Nicole and the girls. Yeah. And But, like, why do either of those? Like, why did... That didn't have to happen. Like, you had yeah. a fight. Yeah, nothing's that serious unless you're unhinged. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I think happened without more evidence being released, but it's hard... I don't, it's just hard to say. It could be either of those. But, like, I don't think it's neither of those. Oh, okay, I feel you. Yeah. So, real quick, like, here's what's happened since. The community set up a GoFundMe page called Searching for the Truth, and they raised $47,000 in one day. He's rich. No, this is, like, people from Nicole. I know. Oh, well, I guess he wouldn't yeah, spend he wouldn't. Enough, but I yeah. think that's weird. Yeah. yeah. But he thinks it's a suicide, because that's what he said, like, immediately. So, which, and that just shows you how interested the public is in the story, that in one day they were like, here's $47,000. Yeah, it's a big deal. In May of 2019, so that's like four months after the murders, the house that they died in was put up for sale, <gasps> and it was listed at $975,000, and the listing is still on Realtor, it's just not for sale right now, it's sold in July of 19, but there's 25 pictures, and it's like the most beautiful Oh my goodness, house. Megan. Like if three people hadn't been dead in it, and I had a million dollars, yeah. I would want to buy it. And I lived in San Antonio. Like, if there was... No, yeah, like a lot yeah. of things. Yeah, would have to align. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I would love it. Like, it's beautiful. But if I had a million dollars, I might love some other house that didn't have a bunch of murders in it. But... Yeah. That'd be hard to sell. Yeah. So, also, wow. since the murders, the family of Nicole's younger daughter, London, has publicly expressed support for red flag laws in Texas, which, quote, allow for court-ordered removal of guns from people who are considered to be dangerous, end quote. And I don't know exactly who they're deeming to be unfit to have access to a firearm, but that's what they're saying. That, like, we need red flag laws. So would a red flag law have saved them? Who do you, like, who, I don't know who they think should have a gun. Nicole? Charlie? I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's that's the thing, though. If you've never had any instance of Nicole yeah. behaving erratically or yeah. seeming suicidal or saying, yeah. you know, just weird things. But the fathers of her daughters don't think Nicole could ever do this, so. Right. It's just a weird thing. And then... So do we know if he had a gun? 
not Charlie. They're not saying crap. And like the weird thing, so like usually I think that people who are in, we said this earlier, people who are in a position of power, people who are connected, people who have money, can buy their way out of like anything. And this is so the opposite because you would expect somebody who's wealthy or whatever to be the other way, where the medical examiner is being like homicide and the cops are being like, nah. But it's, now the cops are like, maybe about this super well-connected wealthy guy but I bet if this happened in Fredericksburg versus San Antonio, it would be different because he's not yeah. from San Antonio. These cops aren't, like, yeah. golfing with daddy. Exactly. So, but I still, like, in my brain, like, rich people can buy their way out of anything. So, like, why are, why why have you not bought your way out of it? Like, it's just weird to me. Like, we're, I'm used to, like, Freddie Scott and Katie Nelson and Kristen Beck told in the Julia Davis case, they're like, oh, our daddies are cops or whatever. My grandpa's the sheriff, so, like, we didn't murder this girl. And this guy, the medical examiner's like, he didn't murder this girl. And the cops are like, maybe Richie Rich did. Yeah. Well, that's like a that's like a redeeming story. That's a good thing, story. Yeah. yeah. So, go San Antonio law enforcement. I, I haven't said that very much about cops yeah, in our show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> today I told someone to listen to the Tom Brown episode and they were like another police cover up and I was like watch your mouth <laughs> that's my favorite episode so <laughs> Sheriff Salazar has said that there are plenty of people who would like him to close this investigation already but he isn't going to hmm. currently the investigation into the death of Nicole Olson and her two daughters remains open and the FBI is still accepting tips if you have any information about these deaths, please contact the Bear County Sheriff's Office at 210-335-6000. Thank you for listening to Sideline Sleuths. If you have any comments or questions about this case or just feedback about the show in general, you can find us online at facebook.com slash sidelinesleuths. And if you haven't already had the chance, please rate and review the show on iTunes, Facebook, or any social media or streaming platforms available.